0: So this morning I wanted to carry on our what is a three part series which we've entitled Faith in Rising Tides and it's really talking about how we as followers of Jesus, as believers in him, how we can and should respond to what has been classed or, or described as the cost of living crisis. Uh, they're not my words, but they're the words that our, our culture is using to describe the financial challenges that we are facing as a nation at the moment. And um, in what has been uh, a truly incredible week, we have, on the one hand, had a new prime minister installed, followed by the government's response to what has been classed as a cost-of-living crisis and a response to the current situation which was somewhat overshadowed by the passing of the Queen. And um, obviously you may not have even had the chance to digest what the government are proposing to provide in support um, to the situation that we're in. Um, but it's worth if you get a moment going away to try and understand what that means for you. And I'll explain why that's important as we talk this morning. But for those of you that weren't here last week and missed a truly amazing message, well, it wasn't my worst. Um, we were talking about how when we face times of crisis and financial crisis, God wants us to respond with faith. And there's a battle that goes on between fear and faith. And we talked about the fact that fear is not your friend. We talked about the fact that actually God wants us to have faith which is actually rooted and groundless in his love and the knowledge of the fact that he loves us and he cares for us so much that he is going to look after us if we put our trust in him. And we looked at that verse that talked about trusting in the law with all of your heart, leaning not on your own understanding, but with every, in all your ways, with every step that you take, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And we talked about the importance at this moment in time of fixing our eyes on Jesus. We talked about that in our songs, in our worship this morning about who he is. And so we talked about this challenge that we face as believers in embracing a trust and a genuine faith in God whilst not at the same time denying that there's nothing bad going on. And sometimes we can do that, we can put our head in the sand, in the sands of spirituality sometimes, in the sands of denial, we can pretend that because I'm a Christian, this thing ain't gonna hit me. But the simple fact is that we need to with a knowledge and an understanding of the times and the seasons that we are living in rise up and say i'm going to put my trust in god and it's the same now even as a nation there is don't you sense an uncertainty about the future there is a shift that's taken place that is taking place in governance And we're wondering, you know, how are things going to turn out? What's this new situation actually going to look like? What is King Charles? What type of king is he going to be? What type of leader politically are we going to have over the next few years where we face challenges, the like of which we haven't really faced since the Second World War? You know, one thing I know is that it is a time to pray for our leaders and those that God has placed in authority. God didn't say if you like them, if you vote for them, pray for them, he said pray for them because I put them there and I want everyone in your your community to know me. So having a peaceful, God-fearing influence and leadership in your nation is vitally important. And so I believe that we as a church family have a part to play in that and when we have our prayer zooms we will be praying as we have done for our nation and for the nations and for the people that govern us so today the next response that I believe God wants us to have is a response that is um Good at stewarding what God has given us and I want this morning part two of this talk is about stewardship being a good steward and um, that is the one of the responses that we have when we have challenges to our finances and when our community, when our people around us have challenges. to to their finances is stewarding well, managing what God has given you well, okay? And I'm just gonna touch on some important points that I think will help us, I hope will help us to manage what God has given us well. Okay, so what is a steward? Um, Sometimes, a steward is seen as someone who's at the door ushering you in. Um, Sometimes, a steward is seen as an agent acting on someone's behalf. That might be true. But, um, I think in terms of when it comes to our finances, the best way that I can describe it is someone that manages on behalf of another. Now, in our culture, there is a mentality that says this, what I have earned is mine. And so I will do with it what I please. There's an it's mine mentality, generally speaking, just generally speaking in the world that we live in. There is a wanting to sort of gather in (laughs) all of the things that are mine and keep them close. In fact, sometimes we think of those things as a way of gaining status or demonstrating how successful we are. Um, But you know, The interesting thing is that the Bible says that that everything is the Lord's. In fact, um, in John, John says that all things were made and came into existence through him. This is John 1, 3 and 4. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life. And the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. Paul said that in him we live and we move and we have our being. So, one of the things that I think we have to acknowledge is that God's mentality is not the same as the mentality that our culture maybe is embracing at the moment. And what God says is, is really everything is mine. So the, the breath that you're breathing at the moment is his. Uh, the, the ground that I'm standing on that we were referring to earlier, even the gravity that is keeping me standing upright exists because he exists. You know, the land that my house is built on is only there because he made it. And I'm not paying him ground rent. I'm not paying him air rent. I'm not paying him for sustaining everything according to his purpose and his will but one of the things I think that we find hard to acknowledge when it comes to our personal finances our personal resources which go beyond just the money that's in our bank but our resources everything that's in our hands is that the only reason it's in our hands is because he has given it to us david says this incredible statement when he is bringing an offering to contribute towards the cost of building the temple from a shepherd boy who was ignored by most of his brothers and literally had nothing you should if you look at 1 chronicles 29 see the wealth not just that he accumulated, but the the wealth that he wanted personally to bring towards funding the temple. But he said at that moment in time, 1 Corinthians 29, 12 and 14, he said this, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So David's confession was that all things come from you David's confession was, It's God who is my source. It's God who's my source. It's God who's given me this provision that I'm giving back part of to Him. In Deuteronomy, we see this statement that is made about God when talking about the children of Israel Deuteronomy 8.18 it says but you shall remember with profound respect the Lord your God for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth and he has he may com, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore which he solemnly promised to your fathers as it is this day So I think the first thing that I want to acknowledge personally before God is that everything that I have, everything that I have comes from Him and that He is my source. He is my source. And so if I believe that God has given me everything that I currently have, all the resources that I currently have, I become someone that is managing stuff that God's given me. And so I become a steward of what I have. And I don't have a this is mine mentality. This is my mentality. I have, I, the only reason I have this is because you have given it to me. I acknowledge that you're my source. I would say that this is as a believer um, a big, big thing to acknowledge in a culture that can only see um, on a very personal dimension and doesn't have an understanding maybe of, of some of the wider spiritual things that we understand. And I think sometimes coming to the place where acknowledging before God, you know, everything that I have here is yours. And so I want to manage it wisely. I want to manage it well. And I want to actually manage it in a way that honors you is a big step. And it may be not a place that we're all in. And actually sitting here today, you may be struggling with that concept. I want to admit that sometimes I've struggled with that concept too. Maybe it's easier when things look good on paper, maybe it's harder when things don't look so good. But whether you have enough, whether you have more than enough or whether you have lack, the truth is still the same. So I believe that God wants us to respond to the cost of living crisis by manage, managing every resource that he has given us well. The way that I like to describe money and finances, and I use this when I do the cat money course, is thinking about my money and looking after my money like looking after a garden. And uh, if anyone knows anything about me, um, I can just about manage to cut the grass. Sometimes that's a struggle. What I have learned through observation, though, may be looking at other gardens and people that do things rather better than we do. I mean, if you've seen John's garden, for instance, um, if you've seen Kate's garden or some really nice gardens, you'll realize that actually when you look after a garden really well, it's a place that you just look out of the window to and it lifts your heart. Or you think, you know, maybe I want to go and sit out in the garden. Maybe at that point you don't appreciate how long it takes and how much attention is needed to make that garden look amazing. But if you want to know any tips, you know, go and ask John later. He'll no doubt fill you in on how long it takes to maintain and look after a garden. But you know, I like to see our money, my money, my resources as being like a garden. A garden needs to be regularly attended. Sometimes, in the year a garden needs daily attention. It needs daily watering for instance. Other times of the year, in other seasons, it doesn't need as much attention but it still needs regular attention. Maybe every other day, maybe weekly, but it's very, very easy for a garden to become overgrown and unproductive. If you leave your garden, I would say, for about three months, it will become overgrown and unproductive. Maybe even for a shorter time, but I reckon three months. Now think about six months. Just imagine that you just left your garden, did nothing in it, and you came out after six months, what would it look like then? Okay, how about a year? How about a year? Do you know there's a house for sale in Hemel at the moment that you cannot see from the outside, or you couldn't actually until recently because it has been left, neglected. And what has happened is that the garden has grown over, well around the house. Unbelievable, but if you leave your garden unattended, it will overtake everything. And I believe our finances are very much like a garden. One of the things that we talk about in managing our money well and I'm giving a little bit of an ad for the cat money course here this morning, is the need to have a budget. If you want to manage your money well, there is a need to have a budget. There's a need to put everything out on the table, the good, the bad and the ugly, the in order and the out of order, all of the bills, all of the income, all of the expenditure, all of the expected expenditure, and even maybe think about the unexpected expenditure and put everything down on the table and do something that we call a a budget. You know, sometimes before you can get started, you need to know how things are and you need to actually pull things into a little bit of order. And sometimes that can take time. If your garden has been left for six months, it is going to take a little bit of time to get everything back into order. There might be a little bit of um, clearing away, a little bit of looking at what you've got and a little bit of putting a plan together as to how you are going to get that garden back in some sort of sense of order and how maybe you're going to make it productive. So, One of the the three things that we really look at is making a budget, trying to balance that budget, which is a challenge, and then trying to maintain that budget. And it's like a garden. It's a never-ending, never-changing situation. But you know in the last six months, if you thought that it was onerous, with some of the, ch- the changes that we have, with energy prices, with food going up, with all sorts of prices that are changing, which normally are stable, there's a need to actually keep an eye on that budget a little bit more than normal. And I actually think at the moment that checking out what changes in terms of prices, in cho- terms of what the government's giving us in terms of, of bills and things like that, the help that's needed. If you want to maintain your budget and maintain your plan and keep it updated, you have to know this stuff. So if you're not sure after you've read you know, the little article on your phone or wherever you get it, what that means for you Finding out that information is a really helpful thing to do. So you can ask someone maybe to explain that to you or you can go to other sources of information like the Citizens Advice Bureau or moneysavingexpert.com or other places that will explain it for you and to break it down so that you know how to budget over the next six months for your energy bills. So that you know over the next six months roughly what you think the price of fuel might be, your petrol and I believe that this is part of managing what we have well. There are often things that we talk about when we think about our money. Buying things to compensate for emotional needs, do you know what I mean by that? (laughs) Chocolate, crisps, shoes, handbags, I don't know what your thing is but sometimes maybe you, in a time of emotional need, go out and make a purchase to try and make yourself feel better. If you haven't done that then you're an absolute angel. I can't believe that we we haven't all done that at some time or other, but you know it's easy to forget that God actually wants to meet our emotional needs as well as our physical needs, and that he actually has got some great resources that he wants to give to us. Sometimes those types of purchase, and I always advocate the purchase of chocolate in any situation, but some of the times those purchases are perfectly innocent and should be budgeted for. But, you know, there are other things that you need God for, you know, that chocolate can't do for you. Um, and I'm saying that for, for us, you know, it's important as we come to think about what we need and why we're purchasing something, why we need something, is to try and understand that. You know, because sometimes we can get caught up. God doesn't want... Your purchases to be a substitute for something that He has meant to supply in your life. It's very easy to forget that God is our source. And it's sometimes easy to forget the benefit that He brings and that He adds. And that we're a steward of everything that God has given us. One of the things that I really want to recommend is if you haven't got a budget, Make yourself a budget. If you need help getting a budget, ask for help. Go on a cat money course. You can find some great tools online which help you build a budget. Look at your budget and bring it before God because all of the stuff that he's given you is yours and all of the stuff maybe that you are struggling with as you come to balance your budget he knows about. And so he has got solutions for the things that you don't feel that you can fix in your budget. He can help you and he can put alongside you, he can give you resources, people, information that can help you make really, really good choices. But I wholeheartedly recommend that you bring your budget to God. I know that isn't necessarily front and center stage of the Cap Money course, but actually... The whole heart of of CAP is that people would know that God loves them and that he wants to help them with their money, particularly if they're in debt. But you know what? He wants to help all of us manage our money well. This isn't just for people that, that really are struggling with their finances either. It's for people that have a plentiful supply. But you know, if you've been given much, much is required of you stewardship is sometimes even more important if you have been blessed with a lot it's equally as important if you have a little but you know God wants to help you and he wants to help me manage what he's given me well because that honours him it also means that that I am in a place of peace and when I look out in my garden, when I think about money, I don't see a a mess that is going to stress me out. I don't look at my money and think, oh I'm not going to look at that, so I shut the windows, I shut the curtains, I draw the blinds. I'm not going to look out in my garden because I haven't been out there for six months. But that's sometimes what we do. And when we, people talk about money, there's an anxiety that rises in our hearts and sometimes overwhelms us because we are scared about our personal situation right now or maybe about what it's going to look like in the future. When God says, you know what, you can trust me with the now and you can trust me with the future. What a testimony to people that maybe are struggling a little bit to be able to share with them the journey that we've been on with God, even if we've been in a difficult place, even if we've been in a challenging place, to provide a testimony, you know what, God has helped me in whatever situation that we're in. And you know, one of the things that we always talk about is if you need help, ask for help. I think on average it takes people that come to the debt service of cap money, I think nearly a year. I might be wrong, but, but it's, it's many, many months to actually pluck up the courage to make a phone call and say, you know what, I think I need help. But you know, God stands ready and able to help us. Just two final things to mention alongside this is that when it comes to handling our money, God wants us to act with integrity and he wants us to act with honesty. You know, being a faithful steward of what he's given us, um, he asks us to reflect his heart in the way that we do things, not just in having a budget but in saying, God, you know, I want my finances and my resources to be managed in a way that is pleasing to you. You know, with making our tax uh, applications, dealing with HMRC, dealing with our employers, Maybe if you you employ people, you know th- there's an there's an there's an integrity, there's an honesty that he wants us to have, and um, you know sometimes that is a challenge for us. That is a challenge for us all, and if we say it's not, then I think we're not being honest. You know, ha- is there anyone in the room that's never been tempted to cut a few corners? You know. I have, but that isn't the way that God wants us to, to act. It doesn't reflect his heart of integrity and righteous living. But we're in a culture that maybe doesn't understand and appreciate the heart of God. And so what a joy to be able to manage the things that He's given us well, and to do it in a way that really reflects his heart. And sometimes that might mean to say, you know, I can't do this in a certain way. I can't pay cash for this when I know that this person is VAT registered. Or whatever it might be, that's just one little example. I should declare my earnings in this way because it is right and it's transparent I could declare them in all sorts of different ways and so I believe that God will help us to do that so just coming in to finish um, how do we respond with faith in rising tides Well, we respond, as we said, with putting our trust in God and not embracing fear. And we respond by being good stewards, by managing what God has given us well. And I really genuinely believe that um, this is an opportunity for us this moment presents an opportunity for us to, with God, honestly come before him with whatever you have and say, God, you know, let's get this garden looking beautiful, looking ordered, being productive. And I want to have your help in doing that and maybe if I need help from other people I want to be willing to go and receive help and get information and resources ultimately it's important to remember that, that you personally have the final say on what you do with your money and God doesn't want you to feel under pressure coerced into doing something with your finances that you're not comfortable with. If you feel under pressure, you maybe need to say, take a step back and say, you know, where's this coming from? Seek help. You know, God has placed around us people in our lives that can really help us and we can help each other I realized that talking about finance some t- some is something that that will be okay for some people but really really hard for others. Money is one of the topics that you 're meant to i think stay off if you 've got a dinner party um, but actually it's really stupid not to create an environment where you can talk honestly about your money to someone that loves you that that you trust M- i mean. But we've created this thing, haven't we, where it, it's not as easy as it should be. Um, maybe we could be part of the solution to that. So let's just finish by praying. And um, just before I pray, I want you to just for a moment think about your personal Money. And I just want you to think about it as a garden. And maybe ask yourself the question what kind of garden have I got right now? Is it a garden that gives me anxiety? Is it a garden that is at peace? Is it a garden that needs work on? Is it a garden that fills me with dread? Is it a garden that I'm delighted to share with others? And this morning, I just want to create space for you to have a personal conversation with God. And he wants you to invite him into your garden. He doesn't want you managing your garden on your own he talks about the fact that he he's a gardener, and he tends to the vine and he tenderly wants to help you with whatever your garden looks like and he wants to get it into a place that's beautiful, but he wants you to be able to trust him to help you with whatever adjustments and changes that you might need to make so Father this morning we just want to be honest with you we want to open our our lives up to you and this is maybe something that we don't generally talk about something that sometimes we find v- actually very challenging. We just want to admit that. But you said that you cared about every part of our lives. Even the stuff that sometimes we find really hard. And so whatever state our gardens are in, we want to bring them to you. And we want to say, would you come as a an amazing gardener as the one who comes alongside us to help us to manage everything that you have given us well. To make our garden to be peaceful, to be well ordered and to be productive. We believe that you come and bring the increase to the things that we have. And you can even create stuff from seeds that you've already given us for our garden. And so we just invite you in and we pray today that we would learn to manage what you've given us well. And that would be a testimony, part of the solution to the crisis that we face at the moment. And with the grace that you give us, would you empower us to help other people? Because we believe that you do care about this stuff. And it's important to you. for listening we hope this has encouraged you you can listen to our other sunday morning teachings here or our in the limelight series where we chat with ministries and organizations we're connected with to dive deeper and highlight the amazing work they do get connected you can visit us over on our website www.hhcc.org.uk or find us on facebook and instagram at hhccuk. Bye for now and we bless you as you walk into this new week.